listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome to Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. Do you guys often look for snacks in the break room or maybe at the bottom of your purse and you're left with the same exact things, right? We're, we're trying to get more protein in our diet. We're turning to say jerky or today we're going to be talking about beef sticks and why they should be there instead. But I'm going to be joined today by Autumn Smith, who herself suffered from debilitating digestive issues and crippling anxiety. Now, you see, probably just like you, specialist after specialist told her and probably tells you, hey, nothing can be done. You're diagnosed with this. Get on this medication, right? She was really ready to give up. But she and her husband, Chase, launched Paleo Valley, which is a company dedicated to helping people get the essential nutrients they need without these weird added sugars, grains that promote inflammation, and like we say here at Wake Up, all these other ingredients we can't recognize or pronounce. So, Today, I welcome the amazing Autumn. Hi, girl. Oh, thanks, Jen. That was a really nice introduction. It's just good to be here. I'm, I really love being on your show, so thanks for having me. Oh. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have to say, I have this free guide that I give most people when they find out about Wake Up. They're like, oh my gosh, what should I be using for my protein? It's kind of like in everybody's staple, right? They're starting their day off with it. As we get older, we know that we need more protein, need more protein. There is so many proteins out there. So I tell people, hey, go to freemorningguide.com. You'll get some, you know, the, the clean swap for your protein. It is Paleo Valley. Let's talk about what's inside of most proteins and why yours is so different. Oh, I love this question. This is, you know, my life's goal is to help people, you know, utilize enough protein and then also the high quality version. So in most protein products, in most products in general, what you have to remember is a lot of them are made by marketers, right? Not people who care about health. Interesting. And so a lot of times you'll want to use as little as possible of the really high quality ingredients and as much as possible of the other ingredients that might cost less. So for instance, we have the Clean Label Project. I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you did. I didn't. Oh, I don't think I did. What is the Clean Label Project? Okay. So back in 2000, this is just a kind of an example, right? In 2018, they did this project called the Clean Label Project, where they looked at all these different protein powders. I think it was it was over 100 protein powders from 50 different brands. And what they found was really shocking that 70% of them, I think, had levels of heavy metals like lead, cadmium, arsenic, mercury, right? That they can be there sometimes because it's kind of unavoidable, but higher levels are going to be problematic. And then they also found 50% of the products tested. And mind you, the products that they tested and chose were those that were um, the best-selling products off of Amazon. Had BPA, which we know is an endocrine disruptor linked to things like cancer and reproductive issues. And the most surprising aspects of this also was that the plant-based proteins seem to have higher levels of these contaminants, 
which are they're typically the proteins that most people would look for and think are actually healthier. And organic seem to be have a trend towards having higher levels as well. Interesting. So in addition to heavy metals and BPA, you know, we also have things like sweeteners, right? In a lot of different protein powders, you know, sugar. I've seen protein powders, you know, that just have, you know, corn syrup, sugar, sweeteners, sucralose, all these other things. And then we have fillers. As I was speaking to before, a lot of these manufacturers, they're looking for the profit margin, right? And so they can use cheap kind of proteins and carbohydrates like dextrin and maltodextrin to kind of bulk their product up, make them look like they're offering more value than they really are. And then we have things like gums, again, that kind of create more bulk and create the illusion of things moving together that, again, are not there in the interest of your health. And so just a lot of things hiding in protein powders today. And what makes ours really different is that we we're coming at this from a health perspective. These are the protein powders I use. These are the protein powders my family use. And I had a history of debilitating digestive issues. And so we've been very mindful at every stage. The other thing with most protein powders is they're not going to care about the source as much as we are. They're not going to have grass-fed, pasture-raised from American family farms, right? It's just going to be maybe the cheapest version. And you'll see that there's not often a lot of qualifiers in that. So Ours is bone broth protein powder, our bone broth, for instance, from American Regenerative Farms. And then, of course, we third-party test everything, which is not something every company has to do. We think about regulation in terms of dietary supplements in the FDA, probably imagining that there's this really intensive process where they're checking, they're measuring, they're looking at what you're putting into the product. They're really not. They're more like the police force. They're assuming the people are following the rules. And then maybe if once it's on the market, there's attention being made or there's something they see that it might actually be harming people, then they're going to step in. Mm -hmm. But before that, it's really kind of up to the manufacturer to make sure that they're doing it. And so when you don't have a company that's necessarily really there for the health reasons, um, it can become problematic. So the sourcing is really important. And then also the processing, right? So we can have protein powders taking something and creating a protein powder off out of it obviously requires several steps. If you're using high heat and temperatures and solvents and acids, um, obviously that's a lot different than using, for example, like what we use in our bone broth protein powder, which is water. It's a process called agglomeration. And then of course, we don't add any additives that would be problematic for health ever. We don't add sweeteners because we want protein powders to be a metabolically supportive supplement to your diet. And then, of course, like I say, we process very, very gently. So literally every stage of the process of creation, we're considering and prioritizing health rather than profit. Yeah, most people don't realize that when they are consuming certain ingredients from certain products that even though you're reading whatever, let's say it's whey protein or let's say it's pea protein, they haven't been educated or it hasn't been brought to their attention. They're not aware that there's actually a process to get that protein. And so whatever has been used during that process leaks into it as well. And that is what can cause that gut disruption and 
problem with your hormones and your skin and just promotes inflammation. So that's why it is really good. And that's another reason I'm trying to, you know, expand this platform, let it be a safe place for people like you that can come and tell the story of how your products are made and why they're so different, why they're so substantial. And really, I, I mean, I know everyone over there at Paleo Valley and Wild Pastures, you guys are amazing. They're amazing people. And so we appreciate that very much. So you guys use bone broth protein. What is the difference between bone broth protein and the other sources of protein that I guess most people would choose? Oh, this is such a good question. Okay. So (laughs) start at the top. Proteins, you know, every protein is a combination of specific amino acids, right? These are the breakdown building blocks of protein. Different amino acids have different things to offer, right? For example, we also have a whey protein, high in branch chain amino acids, which we know help muscle protein synthesis, leucine specifically. And then we have a bone broth protein powder that's going to be made from bones, right? And it's going to contain high amounts of a very beneficial amino acid called glycine. And we can talk more about this. This helps metabolic health. It helps sleep. It's kind of like an anti-aging. It helps the production of our master antioxidant. We also have whey protein, soy protein protein, pea protein, and all of these different have um, different amino acid profiles. Now, plant-based proteins are often missing key amino acids, right? They're not complete protein sources. So in terms of when you look for a protein, you want one that has the amino acid profile that kind of matches the benefit you're looking for, whether it's muscle building for whey or something like that, or kind of anti-aging and maybe metabolic benefits like a bone broth protein. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing to recognize is that different proteins have different biological value. This is so nerdy, but it's like, how easy is it for your body to access that protein, right? Mm -hmm. And usually in protein powders, it becomes a lot easier, right? But the source of it, so whey protein has a very high biological value, egg protein, the same. And then we have pea protein, you know, soy protein. Their uh, pea protein is a little bit lower. And so... When we started to create different protein powders, we looked at what do we think might be the most beneficial to most Americans. And so we settled on gut support, metabolic health, and then, of course, the anti-aging. So bone broth protein powder, like I was saying, is is an anti-aging. It's hair, skin, nails, the gut. It all contains collagen, which is about a third of the protein by mass in our body. And as we age, for example, in the skin, we lose about 1% of our collagen every year after the age of 20 in our joints, you know, osteoarthritis, problems like that. Some people like to think that aging is kind of like a collagen deficiency. And most people aren't eating nose to tail like they were before, right? When we ate the entire animal and then we got ample amounts of collagen. Today, we're kind of focused specifically on the muscle meats. And so we wanted to provide a really high quality source of collagen. Now, when you look at the market of collagen, you'll still see more differentiation, right? You'll see collagen powder specifically, and you'll see bone broth protein powder. Ours is a bone broth protein powder. And the reason is because A, we can take bones and we're really passionate about using the whole animal. And the bones don't only contain collagen. A lot of it is collagen, but there's also, you know, calcium and phosphorus and other factors like glucosamine and chondroitin from the connective tissue. So this is going to be different than a collagen protein powder, not only because it's from a different source. A lot of collagen powders come from the hides of animals. Now, again, you have to look at So we use water to process ours. A lot of companies, because it comes from the hide, they have to use acids and solvents. The other thing that's really unique to our product is 
We are 100% grass-fed and finished, and we source from regenerative American farms. Even when you see a grass-fed source from grass-fed animals, it's important to understand that that is not a highly regulated term as of 2016. And so you can say grass-fed because all cows are grass-fed for probably the first two-thirds of their lives, but it just they're not always grass finished and no one's really looking after that. And so we wanted bone broth protein powder because most people aren't taking enough collagen. Most collagens aren't coming from the bones. So they're missing out on the other healing factors and the minerals that might be present. And we're also able to process a lot less harshly because it is just a process of crushing the bones and agglomeration rather than using high heat temperature and solvents. And then of course we don't offer any weird additives that might compromise health. All right, everyone listening, make sure that you click the link below the podcast to order your Paleo Valley Super Clean Protein. Using the link will get you an additional 15% off and then you can see the benefits of it to feel amazing. Now, tell me this, Autumn, your protein is so outstanding. Like, Could there potentially and possibly be any more benefits? (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Again, bone broth protein, I, I actually forgot to mention. So thanks for... Thanks for asking. Glycine, one of the superstar amino acids present in bone broth protein, is actually a conditionally essential amino acid, which most people think means you don't really need it. But the truth is, our demand isn't determining how much we produce, right? So we could be walking around with a glycine deficiency. And a lot of people think that we are because we probably need about 15 grams a day. We are making about three grams. We are consuming another three grams but we actually benefit when we have about 15. And so we're kind of walking around with like a 10 gram deficit. And so adding that bone broth protein powder is a really nice way to improve your glycine status, which is then going to have the benefits I talked about before. There's great benefits for keeping your blood sugar nice and stable, for helping you sleep better. It's known as a very calming neurotransmitter and um, just helping you feel your very best. Also producing that our body's master antioxidants, glutathione, which everyone can benefit from today, given the current state of our environment. Oh my gosh. Yes. Most people don't realize that they're deficient in such essential things that they're not even looking at. So the secret sauce to it all, put some protein in your smoothie, girl. Okay. (laughs) Let's move on to beef sticks. I showed you before that I ate these and I'm like, they're beef jerky. These are my jerky. And she's like, they're called beef sticks. So first things first, what's the difference between beef sticks and beef jerky? And then we're going to dive into reading the label on this one. Okay. So for me, jerky is like, Ah, you're like gnaw on it. There's like this kind of like you get tired in your jaw. It's just kind of tough. And, you know, I don't know. It just reminds me of I grew up in Montana. So it reminds me of Montana. And then jerky <laughs> for us is like, it's kind of like a, for our beef sticks specifically, because they're fermented, we can talk about that in a second. It's kind of like a, a kielbasa, like those hickory smoked summer sausages that you get around Christmas time. It's got a nice, like, mm-hmm. moist isn't right, a nice snap. A nice snap. It's just like a very nice, softer texture that um, it's really easy to chew. And so that's how I think about them. And the reason they're different is because they're produced using different methodology. Okay. So let's dive into that stuff. But first things first, like let's compare it to, I'm going to drop the whole Slim Jim because when I think of a beef stick in that shape and format, they were like the it thing, right? And so I said, you know, let me go look up these ingredients of what's in a Slim Jim and starts out with beef, but we know by now, hopefully beef isn't just beef, right? 
Paleo Valley's beef is grass-fed and finished. Like, there's no telling what Slim Jim's using. Uh, mechanically separated chicken. So now we have beef and we have chicken. Corn syrup, soy protein, dextrose, hydrolyzed soy, corn, wheat, and proteins, sodium nitrate, and lactic acid starter culture. So can you break down some of those ingredients? Yeah, basically, like you said, there's no, they're not really talking about the source of their animal products at all, which we know is a huge consideration, right? Because yep. besides herbicides, antibiotics, hormones are used in the production of conventionally raised cattle. And then also fed grain, which is primarily what a lot of these animals are being fed. It changes the composition of their product. So you're going to get a different nutrient profile. When it's chicken and pork, you're going to get a lot more um, omega-6 fatty acids and a lot fewer nutrients. And the same thing happens with beef. And omega-6, for everyone listening, omega-6 promotes inflammation. It's you are the dot, American diet has way too many omega-6s. Yes. And it seems to they compete. Omega-3s, the anti-inflammatory omega fatty acids, compete for production with these omega-6s. And so not only do you get too many, but you also inhibit your ability to have as many omega-3s as you might otherwise need. And then we have corn syrup, like corn syrup, right? It's just a heavily processed ingredient, kind of like sugar. And then it comes from genetically modified corn. And then we have soy, hydrolyzed soy, again, another probably GMO ingredient coming from extractive monocrop agriculture. And then we have wheat, you know, protein, um, gluten, that's going to contain gluten. And I mean, just nitrate, sodium nitrate, just, yeah, a lot of ingredients that I just don't think are necessary when you have a really high quality beef that tastes good on its own, which is why all we do is add the beef and then we add organic spices and then we ferment them. So the lactic acid starter culture, this is kind of interesting too. When we went to create our beef sticks, I saw that ingredient yeah, and I dug into it. Why is lactic acid? Why are we using lactic acid? And the truth is they take genetically modified corn and create like citric acid. And then they take hydrogenated oil, which is um, industrial processed oil a lot of the time. And then they put a little bead and then they coat it in that. And then it melts into the product and totally preserves the stick, right? So it's an ingredient that doesn't sound that bad, lactic acid. Oh, okay. But it does involve often genetically modified ingredients and then hydrogenated oil. And so in order to avoid the use of this ingredient, we ferment our sticks, which is just an age-old process people have been using to ferment meat forever, right? We start with a bacterial starter culture and then basically mix it up. And then the bacteria consume sugar, which is the dextrose that we use. And that's why dextrose is on the label, but it will not be in the final product. And we've tested that or in very, very low amounts because that bacteria is consuming that sugar, that carbohydrate source and converting it into lactic acid, which is dropping the pH and preserving the beef stick more naturally. And so, yeah, I think it's different for the sourcing. We leave out all unnecessary ingredients because it already tastes good. And then we're processing in a way that is very safe and natural but it's much more, it takes much more time, which is why not very many companies are willing to do it. I could barely find a company willing to ferment our sticks because it's not as lucrative. Right. Okay. So uh, the dextrose, yours is organic dextrose from tapioca. Yeah. That is different from reading dextrose on a label. Is that correct? Well, yes, because that is what our bacteria are consuming. A lot of people have raised questions. Oh, but it's got dextrose. But the dextrose is almost, you find almost none of it in the final product because that is exactly what's driving the fermentation process. It's just basically there to get the fermentation process going so that it can be converted into lactic acid. I see. Yes. Okay. Amazing. 
Tell me this. When do you see people eating these beef sticks? I mean, I can tell you, I'm looking at my VIP group coaching. Let me pull this up. And they text like pictures of what they're eating all day, their breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, all that. And look, this is a girl in her car. She's like, hey, here's my quick snack, luncheon on the Lar Bar. And this is my protein. She's eating the Paleo Valley beef sticks right there in her car. Yes, that makes me so happy. I mean, I eat them daily, but I put them in my child's yep. lunchbox every day. His friends actually ask for them when I come to school. And then whenever I'm traveling, I mean, airport food can be super dicey. And so they come with me traveling. They are always in my oh, yeah. purse. I see people taking them on hiking adventures mm-hmm. all the time. People go around the world and they show us that they're doing that. Conferences, taking it to work, putting them into the snack lounge for people. I literally see people consuming them everywhere. And my deepest desire is to have them in like a vending machine in schools and in airplanes. Oh my God, yes. So that is where I hope we go one day. Awesome. I love it. Okay, last thing you guys will actually not last. They offer everything at Paleo Valley. They got your supplements. It's good, the superfood bars. Because, you know, when now when you go to the grocery, you're faced up against, it feels like hundreds of different protein or granola bars, whatever you want to call it. But one that stuck out to me was the Go Macro Bar. Mm -hmm. And it stuck out to me because I see a lot of my clientele or followers consuming it. Because if you look at the label, sure, you can like read all the ingredients, right? It's got maple sugar, it's got pea protein, a lot of brown rice. The first ingredient is in its all organic, but the first ingredient is organic brown rice syrup. And to most people, they think brown rice is like this healthy grain and potentially will lower your blood sugar, all these things. But brown rice syrup, I mean, do you want to take a stab at that, Autumn, or do you want me to? Either way. I mean, brown rice syrup is just going to be kind of like dried down and then concentrated source carbohydrates. Yeah, it's one of the worst sweeteners out there because it sounds healthy and it does spike your blood sugar. The glycemic index is really high. It's one to avoid. Like there's over 150 different names for sweeteners, one of them being brown rice syrup. And it's just something you want to avoid. So let's talk about what's really inside of Paleo Valley's bars. Yeah, and the reason we made these bars is for exactly what you're saying is if it's in the first three ingredients and it's in large amounts, like you said, this is a, it's number one ingredient is a sweetener. And so most of these bars were literally carbohydrate bars, even when they were organic, like you were saying. And so in our bars, we do an organic cashew butter base, which is a nice, like, you know, healthy fat base. And then we have a prebiotic tapioca fiber, which is mostly a fiber. It's like 90% fiber. And that actually does sweeten the product a little bit, but in a much healthier way. And then we have dark cacao. And then we have, you know, a superfood blend. That was another one of my gripes is that all these bars just contain ingredients and sweeteners that were kind of dressed up, but not really any foods like kale and broccoli and acerola cherry and spirulina and turmeric. So all of these also go into our bars. And of course, organic bone broth protein powder is the third ingredient in there because it's we have about 10 grams of protein, nine or 10, depending on the bar. And so we have superfoods. We don't have gluten. We don't have any of these fancy or kind of hidden sweeteners. Uh, that most people do put in there. And we have, like I said, superfoods and a really, we will also want it to be very balanced in terms of its macronutrient profile. And so it's just different all across the board. And especially also because the bone broth protein powder is um, from American Regenerative Farms and is grass-fed and grass-finished as well. 
Yeah. So you guys truly supply someone with their snacking needs and it's, it's all clean, which I love it. So let's dive in the supplements really quickly. Um, are supplements regulated on the market? Yeah. What's this game like? Yeah, it's kind of like, um, so dietary supplements, like I was saying before, most people think that they're going to be regulated like drugs would be regulated, have heavy regulation. But like I was saying, it's more like the police. So they're assuming that these dietary supplement manufacturers are doing the best and safest thing for the consumers. But unfortunately, a lot of these manufacturers, as I was saying, they're marketers. They're seeing an opportunity in a marketplace to create a product to make a lot of money and to have a high profit margin. And so, yeah, you can bring a product to market, basically, and the FDA is not going to come in and test everything, measure everything, make sure that you're following all the rules. It's only when your product is flagged or enough people complain and then they start to realize, oh, shoot, there's something wrong here, but they will then step in and try and regulate it. So no, I mean, there isn't a lot of oversight when it comes to supplements, unfortunately, which is why you have to be really, really careful about where you're getting your supplements. Okay. And then I know off the top of my head, you guys have organ complex, you have vitamin C. I'm thinking of everything in my drawer. (laughs) By the way, losing collagen is a sign of low vitamin C, correct? Yeah, vitamin C is necessary to produce collagen. So yes. Right. And people, most people are deficient in vitamin C and vitamin D. And not all vitamin C is created equal, meaning when you eat your or take your vitamin C, a lot of it just gets lost in the GI tract, right? You don't actually get what you need from it. How's your different? Yeah. So the thing about vitamin C is A, these studies when they used to determine the amount that we need, they weren't extensive and they were often focused on smaller populations. And and what we know is if you're sick, if you're a smoker, if you're exercising regularly, you need more vitamin C, which is, you know, pretty much in a high levels of environmental pollution. So all that to say, most of us will benefit from far more vitamin C than the 75 and 90 milligrams that are recommended. That being said, there's many different versions of vitamin C and most of it on the market is ascorbic acid, which is kind of like the outer shell of the vitamin C complex like you'd find in whole foods. Okay. And so it's funny, it can be absorbed in a lot of these studies that determine its equivalence are looking at how well it's absorbed. But there is research to suggest when you look at other endpoints, other health markers, oxidative stress, inflammation, that they're performing differently. There's a study in smokers that looked at 1,000 milligrams of camu camu juice, which is one of the best sources of whole food vitamin C, versus ascorbic acid in vitamin tablets, like you're going to find pretty much in every other vitamin C product on the market. And they found it was only the the camu camu juice that was lowering oxidative stress and inflammation. And they concluded that it probably was something other than the vitamin C in that whole food complex that was able to achieve these benefits. So we source three of the most potent natural sources of vitamin C that you can't really find. So unripe acerola cherry, camu camu berry, and amla berry, which is a very revered berry in Ayurvedic medicine. And then we just put them in capsules so that you can have a nice whole food vitamin C source. The other thing that's really different is that we don't have 75 milligrams 
which is the recommended daily amount for women and 90 for men, we have 450 milligrams because apparently we were actually consuming a lot more vitamin C back in the day, uh, the times of our ancestors. And again, I firmly believe that people would benefit from a lot more vitamin C than the bare minimum. So it's different in quality, it's organic, it's different that it's whole food rather than just the antioxidant outer shell. And it's different because it has a lot more vitamin C that you're going to find in a lot of the vitamin C products. Love it. Okay. Another one I get. Now I'm looking on your website. (laughs) And you guys, if you go to their website, paleovalley.com, they list out like, what is the difference? You know, what superfoods that these supplements are made with and a little, a little information about the inflammatory response or the medicinal use of these particular cloves and organic rosemary. What does that do? What does that support in your body? So you can, you can get information on that. It lets you know, like why these supplements are so powerful in addition to why it's different from the leading brands, right? You can see the difference that a lot of these things are synthetic and how all the others are made and why theirs is so superior. So I love that also it's all so pure. There's no fillers, there's no gums, no flow agents. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I think we have to use one um, flow agent, but it's one that they don't silica. It's one that's found in the human body and it's something that we've been using for a very long time that is not like won't be damaging to the body. And it's in a very tiny amount. Yeah, And that's simply because we wouldn't be able to run the machinery otherwise. But yes, I mean, everything that ever goes in, if there's any filler, it is taken very seriously. Absolutely. So that's the only one that I can say that we have. Perfect. Yeah. I'm looking at turmeric. Turmeric's, you know, 100% itself. They got vitamin C, the organ complex, fish roe, apple cider vinegar, which I know so many people love, love, love. So be sure to check out paleovalley.com. Also head to the links below to get some discounts on some of their stuff. Give it a try, like it, share it, share it with a friend, let them know how your beef sticks are changing your life and your protein. And Autumn, you've been amazing. So many great things. We appreciate your brand your integrity behind your ingredients and your stories to help others. Of course, Jen. I appreciate what you're doing, waking up so many people to how important it is to do the labels and just be an informed consumer. So thank you, Jen. I really appreciate you. For sure. We'll talk soon. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Hold up. 